0: The Detroit Pistons play the Chicago Bulls for a second time tomorrow. What should we look forward to changing? And Dwayne Casey gives us a little insight into Killian Hayes and his ability to finish around the rim. We'll talk about those two things on today's episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. You are Locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Also, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcasts platforms and we're also on youtube at lockdown pistons which we just crossed over 200 subscribers over there it's crazy we just crossed over 100 subscribers like two or three days ago we just hit over 200 let's keep it going let's try to get over 300 let's let's just keep it going and if this is your guys your first if this is your guys's first listen to the lockdown pistons podcast i'm your host kookahill you can find me over on twitter at kookahill you can also find me on youtube at lockdown pistons or at kookahill or Koo's ballroom you can also find me over at detroit bad boys writing articles about the pistons but On today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, we have quite a few things to talk about. First off, this is a Friday podcast, so it's the last podcast before Saturday's game against the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about things that we hope to see different, some changes that we want to see in the second game against the Bulls from what happened in the opening night. Uh, We'll talk about that. And then also, what we want to get into first, though, uh, is Dwayne Casey really gave us or answered a lot of questions today in his media session about Killian Hayes. And then uh, also in the final segment, I kind of want to touch on the top 75 list that was Put out, uh, I don't know who it was, what was it by ESPN or NBA? I don't know who exactly was a part of the voting. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but the top 75 for the 75th anniversary of the NBA was put out. Uh, there's some things that I have wrong with it, uh, not necessarily tied to the Pistons, but I think it's a good enough topic that, you know, it's a big enough topic that where people want to hear about it. Uh, but, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and talk about what Dwayne Casey answered today about Killian Hayes. So, again, you guys got to give me credit. I was in the media session while working at Jets. Uh, like I said on the, one of the other podcasts, I am a delivery driver and a side job. But even when I'm delivering, I'm still in the media session. I'm still getting them quotes out for you guys, paying attention. You feel me? I'm always grinding. But anyways, in today's media session, or last night's media session, Dwayne Casey was asked probably like seven questions about Killian Hayes. Now, I had my hand up. I was ready to answer, ask him a question. And each time I had a question about Killian Hayes, someone else asked it. It was literally like back-to-back-to-back to back to back about Killian Hayes. Uh, and all of it basically surrounded about his aggressiveness, um, and really the main point, is, which I'm so happy that more than just me see it and, and more media guys are wondering about it and asked Dwayne Casey about it, uh, they asked about his finishing on the rim and about him fading away from contact, not absorbing contract, etc., etc. So I want to talk about one of the things that I tweeted out that Casey said about Keelan Hayes. Um, James Edwards, uh, the third of the athletic, uh, he's one of the Pistons beat writers, um, good guy, um, he asked Dwayne Casey about, you know, do, do you feel like Killian Hayes falls away from the room when he gets there? Is that like a point of emphasis? Are you guys going to help him change that, et cetera? Like, basically asked him about that. And Dwayne Casey responded with, You must have been in our film session because we were just, we've been, we just talked with Killian today about it, went over each play where he could use his shoulder, use the shoulder to get in and, and create contact or create leverage. And he mentioned that, you know, he's creating an advantage for himself, but he's not really. You know, taking advantage of the advantage he's creating on the way to the basket. He mentioned multiple times about, you know, he needs to use his strength, use that body that he has. He needs to understand angles, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, one of the things I really liked hearing, and I think that Pistons fans, and, you know, this honestly, even if you're not a Pistons fan, I think this is one of those things that an NBA fan would be really happy about hearing. Um, we always say, coach coaches pointing this out? Are, are we the only ones seeing a coach is saying that? And, Deep down, I feel like all of us have to under have to know that there's no way the NBA coach is not saying these things. There's no way that the NBA coach is not seeing what we're saying and pointing these things out. But there's always that little bit of you that's like, Well, what if he's not? Maybe that's why it's continuing to happen. Blah blah. blah. I think it's really cool, and I think it did a lot for Pistons fans. I think it's just really cool overall that Dwayne Casey like told us, like, yeah, you must have been in our film testing because we yeah, we are. We were just telling him about this. We went through clip by clip. I I love that Dwayne Casey gave that kind of insight to that. I feel like not a lot of fans get that kind of insight from across the league and with other teams and other coaches. And if he doesn't say that, I'm sure that you have a bunch of Pistons fans still saying, "Well, oh, is Dwayne Casey even telling him about this, or is this trainer even telling him about this development team going over this with them?" And it's kind of like a it's kind of like one of those known unknowns. Like you have to assume that they're saying something. But then you're not really being told that they are, so you're like, uh, "Are they really?" So me personally, I just really like that. First of all, I just really like that Dwayne Casey gave us that, and he didn't have to say that. I just I, I thought it was really good insight, and it kind of like clears clears the room for some things because I know there's a lot of fans that were wondering, "Is he actually saying something about this? Is he pointing this out? Is he helping them?" And it's very clear that he are. So I like that part. But secondly, um, the second thing I want to say about it is that Dwayne Casey seems extreme if you were watching if you were in the media session i I, i'm not saying this because you guys know that i'm 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 pretty pro killing i've i've become a believer and i didn't i wasn't pro killing and then he convinced me overall because of things that we've talked about the podcast before but anyways i'm not saying this because i'm pro killing this is me just being completely honest and you can ask you can go tweet at some of the other beat writers and ask them they'll tell you the same thing dwayne casey seemed overly confident about the about Killian Hayes overcoming this, overcoming the whole falling away from the basket, absorbing contract, learning angles around the rim once he gets there. Um, he seemed overly confident, uh, not just like speaking the guy up, he seemed like overly confident to the point where you have to assume that he's probably doing some of in, in practice and he, there's a reason for him to believe it because he was he, he didn't have to go overboard as he did. He over and over and over again so I believe he's going to do it, he, he'll eventually get there, he's going to do this, he's going to get better, he will get to this point, blah blah blah, over and over and over again. Uh, so. I think Dwayne Casey did did a real good uh, a really good job for Killian Hayes today speaking out on his side, but also it gives us a little insight into the fact that yeah the Pistons are working with him on this finishing around the rim on you know trying to convince him or try not convince him but help him uh, uh what's the word absorb contact at the rim and draw free throws. He said that that's point of emphasis with Killian Hayes, and he said that you know. That's something that comes with experience. He, he mentioned this. That's something that comes with experience. More time you spend on the court. He's only played 27 games. He he mentioned all this, said that, you know, he expects for that to happen or get better as he's playing more often, more and more and more against other NBA competitions. He's going to learn angles. He's going to understand, okay, well, this time I messed this up. Uh, you know, now I see that I have to go, like, underneath the guy. Like, all those kind of things. Dwayne Casey just seems overly confident that Killian Hayes is going to be able to do that. And I think that's, we're going to, in the next segment, talk about some changes that we want to see happen in the Chicago Bulls game, uh, the second game against the Bulls tomorrow. Uh, but this right here, I think, is one of the changes off top that you hope that we see from Killian Hayes is maybe draw some free throws. Maybe since, you know, since Dwayne Casey's came public and said, yeah, we were talking with him about, it. we're trying to help him and show him, hey, you're supposed to, finish, you can finish this way. You can put your shoulder in, uh, get in front of a guy, cut, a defender off, draw free, like all those kinds. He went in real good, Dev. I really wish. The, the media session clip was tweeted out so you guys could see how in depth Dwayne Casey won in it it was he he did a really good job with that question I really I really liked how how generous you guys with giving us if it, giving us information uh, but yeah that's one of the changes we want to see is Killian Hayes gonna have a better game is he gonna search for contact is he gonna get some free throws is he gonna finish around the rim we'll see what happens that's one of the changes I hope I see but coming up after this uh, break we're gonna talk about some other changes that we hope we see in this game against the Chicago Bulls that will give the Pistons maybe a better chance of winning. They damn near won this last game. They were leading the majority of the game and just fell apart late. What are some changes they can do in this upcoming game against the Bulls to kind of give them more of an edge and possibly steal a game against Chicago? Talk about that in the upcoming segment. But first, before we get into that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Pistons is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to re- reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries at McFlurry's. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I can speak to that. Me and my fiance Megan, went just on a, on a trip to Chicago about a week and a half ago. And before we even got on the highway to head all the way down to Chicago... We had to stop at our McDonald's, get our sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin, refuel, get ready for the day. That McDonald's breakfast, it hits different. It's it's a different type of breakfast. No other place touches it, you know. And as soon as we had that, you know, we were all we were set. We were set for our trip. We were feeling good. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Does somebody say having a locked-on Pistons watch party there? I'm not against it. If you guys want to do it, I wouldn't be against it. But again, make sure you go and head to your own local McDonald's to refuel and connect ba da ba i am loving it. But anyways, let's go ahead and get right back into some changes that we would like to see against the Chicago Bulls in the Pistons' second game against the Bulls in as many games in their season. Um, first change that I want to see happen in this game. Very first one, I think it's a simple change, too. I would be shocked. I'd be utterly shocked that Dwayne Casey did not make this change in this game, and that would be to put Killian Hayes on Zach Levine. Um, there's also a different change that they could possibly do. They could start someone else, uh, besides Frank Jackson in the starting lap, maybe start Josh or Hamadou Diallo to give a better matchup against Zach Levine. But if they want to stick with the spacing of Frank Jackson in the starting lap, which makes sense, and I'm not against that. It, it very much makes sense. At the very least, you need to put Killian Hayes on Zach Levine. Zach Levine was one of the only sources of offense for the Chicago Bulls the entire game, last time the Pistons played them in the first opening night game. Uh, outside of that, Isaiah Stewart did a really damn good job on Nikola Vucevic. No one else really hurt the Pistons. Alonzo uh, really didn't get into it. I thought Hamadou Diallo played phenomenal defense on DeMar DeRozan. It was really only Zach Levine who dropped 30-plus points against the Pistons and really took over late. Uh, a lot of those points were being scored on Frank Jackson, who just isn't big enough to guard Zach Levine. He's not a good enough defender in his own right to guard Zach Levine. Uh, and Zach Levine was just feasting. It just isn't going to work. So especially when one of Killian's strong suits right now, one of the, his calling cards that people say is his defense. So if his calling card is his defense right now, how strong he is, and how, much, how much bigger he got, how, how strong he got over the offseason, utilize it. The Pistons didn't utilize that to their advantage at all in the first game. They actually gave themselves a disadvantage. If I know we were in a Spotify green room today talking about the Pistons or last night talking about the Pistons, talking about this matchup, and people were searching around, you know, wondering, okay, well, maybe he did because of this, or maybe Dwayne Casey did it because, you know, he just not want to put too much on Killian's plate. Uh, I, I honestly don't think that there's any excuse for it. I think that maybe it was just a simple uh, a decision that backfired or a blunder or something that – basically it just needs to be changed either way. Uh, I, I don't get why they didn't try at least to put Killian Hayes and Zach Levine once he started cooking. I'm not sure why they didn't try putting Diallo or Josh Jackson on him because uh, he really was torturing uh, Frank Jackson. And there's not really much Frank Jackson could do about it. He's just so much smaller than Zach Levine. I'm not sure even if he played good defense, it would have really mattered anyway. So the first change I would love to see is simply put Killian Hayes on Zach Levine and then put Frank Jackson on Lonzo. Lonzo's not the type of player who's going to attack off the dribble. He's not one of those guys you have to worry about isoing or drawing a ton of free throws, getting to the rim, etc. He's not going to do that. He's a really good catch and shooter. He's going to attack as a secondary playmaker off catch catch and shoot opportunities, stuff like that. If Lonzo's going to try to beat you guys trying to work his own pick and roll and ISO and drive to the rim himself, he's going to have to beat you that way. If he does, hey, you clap it up for him. That's all you do because he's not going to do that majority of the time. So worry about the guy who's going to torture you, and that's Zach Levine, and put your best perimeter defender at the guard position right now, which is Killian Hayes. Put him on Zach Levine and, you know, let him use his strength. Let him get physical and showcase his one good calling card, apparently. One of his best calling cards. To the NBA right now, apparently is his defense, and the Pistons didn't even utilize that, which is really confusing to me in the first game. But it's only one game. I expect them to utilize it in the second game. So that's the first change I have. Second change that I have is that down the stretch, I hope the Pistons try to use more ball movement instead of just going to Jeremy Grant or Sadiq Bey. I know Isaiah Stewart after the last game said that everyone knows their roles, and they know who their primary scorers are once it gets late in the game, and that is... Uh, give the ball to Sadiq Bay and give the ball to Jeremy Grant and basically move out their way, let them go and take you guys to the promised land. And while I can commend that, and while that that that's fine and everything, that 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 right there, knowing your role, all that that's fine and dandy. That's cool. Uh, neither Sadiq Bay or Jeremy Grant's the type of player where you just give them the ball and say take us there. They're just not that kind of guy. Doesn't mean they're bad players. They're good players. Jeremy Grant's a really damn good player, but Jeremy Grant's not the kind of guy you're just gonna roll the ball out to the top of the key, check the ball up and go get a bucket. That's not especially late and especially with how you saw how much uh, Alex Caruso really bothered him in this opening night game, I, I really hope the Pistons go away from that, at least till Cade comes back. I think Cade is the guy you can do that. Cade will be that closer for them, and he's going to help desperately in the fourth quarter. He really is. But until then, I really hope they go away from that whole idea of, you know, Sadiq and Jeremy are guys. You guys go get the buckets for us. I really wish they go away from that, and I hope they use some more ball movement. Honestly, you know, I don't think this is a hot take. I know after hit the first game, people are going to assume that this was this sounds stupid, but I think this will generate a lot of good looks for all of them, not him, but uh, the rest of the team. I think they should run some more high pick and rolls at the end of games with uh, Killing Hayes and Isaiah Stewart. Killing Hayes one of his best strong suits is his playmaking. Utilize it. They didn't really utilize that in the first game. A lot of Killing Hayes gives the ball to Jeremy Grant, goes stands in the corner, and if he doesn't do that, he's just you know he was overly aggressive at times trying to find his own shot and. and it didn't work out, so I hope that they, you know, late. I would even be okay with them late in games running a high pick and roll with Killian and letting him find Jeremy Grant and let him attack a closeout or attack a uh, retreating defense. Same thing with Sadiq Bay, help him out. Killian Hayes can help these guys, uh, can help these guys get better shots. And it's not just Killian, run some high pick and roll with uh, try doing it with Sadiq Bay and, and encourage some more playmaking. Sadiq's been doing pretty good with that, but overall, just more ball moving because definitely the end of last game. It resulted in too much ISO ball for Jeremy Grant and it didn't work on the piss's favor. It's just no matter how highly we think of Jeremy Grant, no matter no matter how we feel about him, he's not ever going to outplay. He's just not going to outplay Zach Levine in the clutch. It's not going to happen. Zach is a better player. He's a better scorer. So it's, it's asking basically at the end of the game, when it's like a two-point game, you have a two-point lead, it's a tie game, saying, Okay, you know what, we're gonna give the ball to Jeremy Grant while they're giving the ball to Zach Levine. We're just gonna basically do a one v one, you're going to lose that matchup. You're just you're going to. It's not going to work. So I hope that they go and play more ball movement. If the game is close towards the end, I hope we see more ball movement. And then the last, the last thing I'd like to see change in this game, uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Josh Jackson play a little bit more minutes. Uh, I, I don't feel like I I'd like to see him get featured a little bit more. I know that his decision making was was uh it, it got it became a little bit of a mixed bag in the second half, but you saw in the first half, and then kind of towards the end of the second half. That his impact can be met, I mean, be felt instantly. Like as soon as he checked in the game, five points immediately, some multiple defensive plays. Uh, honestly, to be honest, I think that they should probably close. Uh, and I guess this is another thing I want to see. I think they might need to consider closing if the game is close with Killian and Josh Jackson in the backcourt, so they don't have to worry about defensive uh, mismatch mismatches with Frank Jackson, who is very clearly going to be a defensive mismatch at the end of the games. Um And you know, I understand that they need the spacing, which is why this is going to be the next thing, and if I, actually the final thing I want to see change. If they do try to go with Josh Jackson to end the game with Keelan Hayes, which I have no problem with, I'd actually encourage it if it's close and you need someone to check both Lonzo Ball and uh, Zach Levine. If you feel like Josh will do a better job than Zach Levine, I actually would encourage it. If they go that route, I'd like to see that lineup that Dwayne Casey was teasing us before this last or the, before the season opener with Keelan Hayes. Uh, uh whatever guard you want to put there. uh Or honestly, you could even go with killing. Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and then give us the starting big men with Kelly Olynyk and Isaiah Stewart. I would love to see that. I, I We didn't get to see that lineup at all in the first game. I hope we get to see some Isaiah Stewart, I, uh, Kelly Olynyk front court duos in this game. I don't think Kelly Olynyk played that may, too many minutes in the first game. I'd like to see his minutes go a little bit higher. And I think that's a good way to go about it. So, those are my changes that I hope to see in this next game against the Chicago Bulls. I don't expect them to win. One of the changes is not me asking for the piss to go out there and win. I don't expect that. I expect them to go out there and play hard, keep the game close like they did, and maybe steal one. And I hope those changes go along with helping them steal steal one in Chicago this week or this Saturday. So let me know what you guys want to see changed in this upcoming game. Any other, you know, rotational things you guys want to see changed? Any different starters, uh, uh, on court plays? on-court match mismatches etc let me know what you guys want to see changed in this upcoming game against the chicago bulls on saturday but when we come back we're going to talk about the 75th anniversary list top 75 players in nba history uh it's not going to talk much about pistons in this in, in this uh, last segment but i think it's a pretty cool segment that i think all you guys will still want to hear about it's the nba i mean we're Pistons said but we're also nba fans and this is the top 75 that they put out and i have one huge problem with it and we'll talk about that when we come back but first let me tell you about another one of our sponsors. You guys know who I'm going to, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes in a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You also got plenty of other flavors and coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, German chocolate, all kinds of different kind of flavors. And I told you guys, they've been keeping up with the seasons as well. I got some Halloween bars right here next to me. They would taste pretty good. I'm not going to lie. So I advise all you guys to go test these bars that are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor. Patrick, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the blue bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. But before we get into this top 75 list that came out, uh, Last night, really. I just want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. But for your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcast. But again, let's talk about this top 75 list, okay? Um, So look, I'm not going to, obviously, there's 75 players. I'm about to go through every single one. Uh, But there was one notable a guy that was left off there. There was a few pistons on you had Isaiah Thomas, even Dave being made it on there. Um But there's, let me, let me tell you about a guy who was absolutely stubbed, absolutely stubbed from this list. And it, it, it it's, it's actually absurd that he was not on this list. It's crazy. I can't believe that he wouldn't be on this list. So let me tell you about some of the names that are on this list before I tell you about the guy who was left off. Let me tell you the guys that did make this list. These are some of the players that I can't believe they would have the nerve to put in over this guy. There was multiple. There was, there was probably close to 10 to 15 players. I don't understand how are put in over him. And you could probably argue maybe even a little bit more, but these are I'm going to give you three players that were put on this list. That I have a major issue with Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony. Now you can argue that all three of these guys should be on that list. I want to argue that they shouldn't be on the list. Maybe I don't think Anthony Davis, maybe Anthony Davis should be on there. Uh, I, I won't argue with you. If you want to say they should be on the list, but there is no way on God's green earth that they should be on that list over Dwight freaking Howard. Dwight Howard did not make this list. I need to talk to whoever voted on these lists. Because there is no way in living hell that Dwight freaking Howard does not make the top 75 list in NBA history. Let me read you Dwight Howard's accolades, okay? This is, let me just read you his accolades before I tell you anything else. You got an NBA champion in 2020. Obviously, that wasn't really his prime. But let's go, let's go closer to his prime. He was an eight-time All-Star, eight consecutive seasons, okay? Eight consecutive seasons, he was an All-Star. Eight consecutive seasons, he was, seasons he was All-NBA so he was not one of the last All-Stars picked, you know, one of the little guys, you know, you throw on the team, someone gets hurt, or one of the last voted guys. Each year he made the All-Star team, he was an All-NBA player, consecutive, eight, time, eight consecutive All-NBA, te- top 15 player in the NBA, and a majority of those times, he was damn near top five player. There was probably some of these years that he was top three player. There was at least two years where he was considered a top two player, and there was at least one year where he was challenging LeBron James and people thought maybe he was the best player in the NBA. That's how good prime Dwight Howard was, okay? So eight consecutive all-NBA teams. You got three-time defensive player of the year. Oh, That right there, like I don't even need to keep going, but that, that resume right there, you could chop that resume off right there and he should immediately be launched into the top 75 that you could just chop the resume off right there, not even care about anything else, and Dwight Howard should be in the top 75, okay? Let's keep going. You got a four-time defensive first team. You got all-defensive second team. You got the all-worky first team. You got the five-time NBA rebounding leader, two-time blocks leader. He's a slam dunk champion. And by the way, he's won a gold medal for the Olympic team. And, this, and those are just his accolades. Let's move past the accolades does everyone remember that Dwight Howard at one point was, there was a point in NBA history where Dwight Howard was challenging LeBron James. There was a point, it was like maybe a year, but it was a, it was a point where Dwight Howard legit was so damn great that people were saying, maybe Dwight Howard might be the best player in the NBA right now. That's how damn great LeBron, uh, uh, Dwight Howard is. And Dwight Howard went on to beat LeBron James and take his own team To the NBA Finals, where he eventually lost to Kobe Bryant. However, that right there is better than anything else. Those three guys I named. That right there is that. That single season is already three times is better than all three of those guys than they've done in their careers. And like I said, those three guys, if you want to put them on the top seventy-five list, that's fine. But there's no way on God's green earth that they go over Dwight. There's no way. There is no way Dwight Howard should be an easy one of the. He should have been one of the easier ones to put on the top seventy-five list. He's one of the best players. Ever. And I know that his prime, he's been around for a long time. He came out of high school. So he's been out uh, around the NBA for a very long time. So it feels like that his prime was so far long ago and people tried using the longevity excuse. B.S. That longevity excuse, is, he was an all-NBA member for eight straight seasons. Eight years. That is a long as hell prime. Now everybody's LeBron James. That's why LeBron's like number two ever. But eight years of a prime that that peaks as you as an MVP level player that peaks as you as a best player on an NBA Finals team that peaks as a, a player who finished second in MVP MVP voting, that's a top seventy five player. It's not close. I I like, I'm 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 literally in shock. Like I know this is a Pistons podcast, but this is a pretty big deal. The top seventy five list. Uh, it's it's a really big deal, but you had to talk about the snubs. So actually before we keep going with my, why I think Dwight's the biggest snub, let me know what some some snubs that you guys have. Is, is I know I saw some some people saying T-Mac possibly was snubbed off the list. Um, who else? I I I, don't, I haven't really seen everybody else talk about some snubs, but if you guys have some snubs that were left off the list, let me know down below as well. But let's get let's get back into why I think it's absolutely just absurd that Dwight Howard was left off this list. So this little idea that Dwight had a had a short prime. BS. This guy was considered the best big in basketball from 2006, 2007 to 2013, 2014. You could arguably make a, make an argument that even after 2013, 14, maybe one more season, he was the best bas- big best big man in basketball. And this little idea too, that once he got to Houston, that he was no longer like the best big in basketball, let me let me tell you something bro. And this is, this right here is one of the moments in history that I feel like people just wipe away from their existence. Like people laud Damian Lillard. For when he gets to the playoffs and carries the team, and ends up losing in the first round. He's done that multiple times. And if you want to keep it a stack, when Damian Lillard gets to the playoffs outside the last two seasons, he had struggled in the playoffs. He hit that shot against Houston in this, in, in, in against Dwight in that team. But before, before the last two seasons, we hit that shot against Paul George. He had struggled in the playoffs mightily. His numbers shot down. So did Melo. 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 I can't. Honestly, I'm honestly offended that they put Melo over Dwight Howard. Melo hasn't really accomplished anything, to to be honest. He he just hasn't really accomplished anything, and there was never a point I feel like anyone really considered Melo MVP level player. Like he was always him and Dame are kind of always been in that 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 same tier of you know you got the top five guys and then right below the tier guys that's where they go. That's usually where they've been at. So, but this is just really what I want to say real quick, and then we'll wrap the podcast up. Before I, I know, I don't want to rant too long about top seventy-five list. So, the idea that Dwight didn't have a long prime. So once he got to Houston, his very first season in Houston, let me read you guys what he did in the first round against the Portland Trail Blazers. They didn't lose because of Dwight. They lost because of James Harden, who crapped the bed and played like garbage. Let me tell you what Dwight did in his first season in Houston in that first round. He dropped twenty-six points a game, fourteen rebounds a game, three blocks a game, and he shot fifty-five percent from the field. They didn't lose that series because of Dwight, and Dwight Howard was manhandling the Trailblazers, okay? Like, I, just stop it. Stop. Stop. Just stop. The Dwight Howard being left on the top 75 list, honestly, should take that whole list, and they should just throw it in the dumpster. They should throw it in the dumpster and light it up on fire because there is no way on God's green earth that you can leave Dwight Howard off the top 75 list. It's, it's, it, that's not even one of those close-call ones. He should have made it easily. He should have been one of the easy ones to pencil in. Over and you put Anthony Davis, Dame, and Carmelo. None of those guys are better than Prime Dwight. Not a single one. Not one of those players are touching Prime Dwight. It's not happening. But we'll wrap the podcast up there. I got, I got a little, I got a little crazy with that. I'll admit it. But it was the top seventy-five list, and Dwight Howard. I'm really getting sick of this man, Dwight, getting this, 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 this disrespect that he nonstop gets. And you know, it is what it is. Let me know what you guys is. Who your guys' biggest snubs were on the top 75 list. We did see a multiple uh piston former piston players. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas on you even had Dave Bing on there. Uh, so let me know what you guys think. Uh, who are the biggest snubs off the top 75 list? Let me know in the comment section down below and or in the reviews on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on Apple. Uh, but outside of that, that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys have fun watching tomorrow's game against the Chicago Bulls. Hopefully, the Pistons can steal a win. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Hopefully, Killian Hayes plays better. Hopefully, to do better down the line. Uh, hopefully, Sadiq Bay continues to showcase what he's been showcasing so far in preseason in the first game. Hopefully, Isaiah Stewart has another good game defensively, and hopefully, the team scores more. Than, actually, you no, know not even just the Pistons. Hopefully, one of the teams score more than 100 points. That's all I'm asking for. Just one of the teams score more than 100? I don't want to watch that kind of game again. Please, it's not fun, entertainment-wise. Just one of the teams score more than 100, and I'll be fine. But. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Make sure you guys go right after this and go check out Fancy Basketball, Locked on Fancy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He's doing a great job over there going over the entire family, Fantasy Basketball season. I just drafted a few days ago my Fantasy Basketball League. I use plenty of the tips that I listened to from Josh Lloyd on there to help draft my team. And I think you guys would benefit greatly by going and checking out his podcast. So make sure you go check out Locked on Fancy Basketball. But outside of that, I will catch you guys again on Monday to recap the Pistons game against Chicago Bulls. Go Pistons, I'll see you guys there. Peace out everybody.